Happy New Year and welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, the first episode of 2024, bringing you episode 123, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you all the latest news from around the ACHA and AAU college hockey. Not the off-season, but it is... We're at the all-star break. That's that's the point of the season we're at. We'll actually get to a couple all-star teams later on in the show, discuss what the ACC has going on over in Europe right now. We'll go around the horn here, start off the new year. Fitzy, you've been busy with a bunch of games. I feel like they in the minor leagues, they load up on games during the Christmas break because, you know, the, the higher attendance, you get the kids at the games. I'm sure you've been playing in front of some packed barns recently. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty fun. Anytime you can get in front of a packed barn, whether it's a home or away team, home or away game, it's uh, it's electric. We just had two games in Roanoke. We split with them. One of our longer road trips for us. They had a sick little barn there. It was pretty cool because my older brother Ryan played ball there with the uh, Salem Red Sox, pretty much right down the street from the rink. So uh, I remember going to to watch him play in Salem and seeing the. Roanoke Rail Yard Dog logo at the uh, the Salem Red Sox Stadium there, and had no clue what the SPHL was and who the Rail Yard Dogs were. And uh, a few years down the road, I'm I'm playing against them. Pretty small world. I got the girlfriend coming into town tomorrow. She'll uh, be catching two games here at Huntsville. We got that'll start a a five game series for us against. I think they're in second right now, but the uh, Peoria Rivermen from uh, Illinois. So we got two at home against them, and then three at their place and the uh my whole family will be coming to the the three at their place so i got some uh some people in attendance for the uh next few games coming up should be should be good actually i saw the peoria riverman play when i was a kid but back when they were in the ahl and mike mckenna was their starting goalie that night uh minor league hockey journeyman mike mckenna gotta give him a plug there this lady in front of us was just giving it to him the whole night in portland maine so i always have a special place in my heart for the peoria riverman but i'm curious you played against a couple acha guys in roanoke like did you get to bump into them because i know they got a gun a bunch of adrian former adrian guys on that team we got Brendan Pepe, Stony Brook guy on that team as well. Yeah, Pepe, uh, we always talk. He uh, jokingly asked, first game was pretty rough, like lots of fighting. One of the fights, he grabbed me and he jokingly asked if I wanted to go. Brendan Stanko there, who I played with in Binghamton, he uh, finished a check or two on me and uh, we had some words, but all good stuff. Those are, yeah, those are definitely good guys and the, the Acha boys look out for each other. Love to hear that. Collins, we'll throw it over you next. Like, how's the Christmas break been going for you? Gearing up to get back to school pretty soon here. It's been slow. I got to spend the last week in Florida, which was a good, good time. Got to play a lot of golf, play a lot of pickleball with the family. Speaking of Mike McKenna, I'll never live this moment down, but the the first graphic I ever tweeted for Villanova Hockey was quote tweeted by Mike McKenna because it was our starting goalie at the time. He gave gave him a, a B plus rating on the backup towel. So my claim to fame there in the dog days right now, just ready, ready to go back to school. Getting a little boring. Got some new camera gear, though. Added a bit of weight to my camera. All I'm just going to say is uh, watch out St. Louis because th- this stuff is sick. I'm glad you sided with me on that one, Collins, because it actually inspired me to go out and get more gear for my camera very quick you know i was getting amazon gift cards some visa gift cards and all of a sudden you know i pay for the second half of men's league got a car payment coming up and we might not get those nice new camera things in time for st louis so i'm, I'm glad you were able to jump on that i thought you got it what, what'd you get or we're planning on getting my buddy is a big fitness guy if you're into fitness and maybe bodybuilding be sure to follow johnny biggio b-i-g-g-i-o 
He's got like 300,000 followers on TikTok. So he has a lot of tripods, a lot of stabilizers because he's basically going to the gym. And a lot of times he's having somebody else film him or he's setting up a tripod to film him. He does vlogs out in San Diego. He's killing it. But it was crazy. He came home for Christmas break and we did like a little social media collab because, you know, I have so much experience. He basically is famous enough where he has to do his own social media, but doesn't really know what he's doing. So it was nice to get coffee with him and, and kind of catch up. So I was looking to get maybe a stabilizer, a couple of tripods and uh, some less shaky footage maybe coming in 2024. But we got to throw it over to our executive producer, D. Herms. Herm, what's going on in Utica? I, you almost got a call up tonight at, at the, I mean, you did get a call up tonight. Walk us through your night at Turning Stone. I'll pivot away from Turning Stone on this one. We had a, a really good knockout poker tournament tonight and uh, someday I'll be able to tell that story probably later in the season. Really what's rolling right now is the 6-0 and Utica City FC which are drawing record crowds record revenue first in the league right now we are cooking we have beaten the hell out of Harrisburg and Baltimore know you love that Collins and we are going to go on a four game road swing over the next couple of weeks and it's going to be the real big test of the season so if you're not following UCFC on all the socials I'm having a lot of fun with that right now and uh would really appreciate it at Utica City FC. Well, I'm glad the people of Utica got to see who the best photographer is in the Herman family because Alex Herman made his debut in Utica a couple of days ago. <laughs> I know you guys can't see us on camera right now, but Herm is, Herm is all the way back in his chair flabbergasted my comment. But I mean, that must have been pretty cool that you had the chance to walk uh, your brother through the game day routine for the comments and for UCFC. Alex has been asking to, to shadow me for a long, long time. He picked up a camera well before I did. It was something that we always kind of had wanted to do, and he just happened to have a little bit more experience with it. He is super, super talented. There was a photo that I wound up posting on the feed of Akira Schmid. That's his photo. And as I was looking at the editing process for it, I was like, kiddo, that could have been one of mine, and I wouldn't have known. And he like almost leaned back in his chair so far that he hit the floor. He absolutely made the most out of his experience. It was tough that a lot of the office was out on PTO, so he didn't get to interact with some of the, the big wigs in the office. He absolutely loved his time, and it was super great having him stay over. Well, let's get to some ACHA AAU talk. We'll start with the lead this week. We did get some action, uh, which is very rare this time of year. We we always appreciate in the club hockey world, the Christmas break, usually get to go home, spend a lot of time with your families. I, I was talking to a family friend of mine was over on Christmas Eve and he plays at Con College, which I, I maybe we haven't said the nicest things about a school like Con College on this podcast over the years, but he's loving it there. And uh, he's a freshman. And so he was like going back on December 27th. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like I was jealous of him, though, because the the time where you go back before school starts and you just get to go and work out with the guys, you know, watch movies with the guys, practice, get gear up for some games. Uh, that's some of the best memories I had in, in my time at Cuse. So I was jealous of him, but was not jealous that he was going back that early, which, you know, we, we love. The extended break the ACHA has, I know we'll, we'll get to it in the second half of the show, that there are plenty of teams back in action, but it was Minot State in the headlines this week. We talked about it over the summer. They scheduled two exhibitions against Colorado College and Denver. The Beavers put up a really good showing. I don't, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we're going to hang any banners with these final scores, but they played Colorado College the first night uh, leading up to New Year's Eve. They fell to the number 19 Colorado College Tigers, 7-1. to one, And then they put up a good fight against the number five team in the country, the Denver Pioneers. 
in a 9-3 loss. Looking up and down the schedule to see similar scores, biggest blowout Colorado College had going into the night was a 7-3 win over Union earlier in the year. Denver's biggest win was actually a couple weeks ago. They defeated Yale 9-0. I'm not going around saying Minot State is better than Yale, but Yale's having a down year, and I'm sure Denver, you know, threw the same firepower at Minot State. Granted, I think Denver was missing their head coach because of the World Juniors and missing a couple key players because of the World Juniors. But again, there's there's 20 other guys ready to go and suit up against the Beavers. So I, I kind of wanted maybe a roundtable discussion. But Collins, I know you were pretty uh, active and there was a lot of comments on social media. People were really confused why we were maybe celebrating these losses I think because of the results we saw against Grand Valley State when they fell to Ferris State 9 nothing earlier in the year, and then you had Arizona State putting an absolute beat down at University of Arizona Collins. I want to know, like, what are your, some of your takeaways that maybe you saw people talking about on social media after the fact uh, with this two-game series in Colorado? Somebody just commented on the post eight minutes ago that CC, I mean, yes, according to the U-Show poll, they're a top 20 team. According to him, as being a CC fan, he he does not agree considering their loss to Augustana and a negative nine goal differential to Denver. I genuinely think that if you threw Minot into D1 right now, while yes, they wouldn't be a, a national championship contender and they wouldn't be, you know, a top 20 team, they would, one, absolutely kill Stonehill. I like you know, I'm sorry to all of our Stonehill fans. They're the punching bag, unfortunately. I actually, I have a really hot take for you guys. We are going to get to the hot seat. I was going to save it for this, but I'm taking Stonehill off the hot seat. I went and saw them play the other day. They lost three to two to Merrimack. They kind of controlled the pace in the third period. I genuinely felt bad for these guys because they... 0-18. I was surprised by the fight. I think they got hosed by some hometown Hockey East officials in the third period that didn't let them come back into the game. I don't disagree with, like, I would love to see Stonehill play Minot State. I think that would be a great game. I will remain on the outside of the Stonehill punching bag. I, I don't want any part of that. I, good guys, they seem like they're putting up a good fight, and I wish nothing but the best for them. <laughs> Weren't you the one that started it, though? I am. I am. That's why I'm getting ahead of this. I... I, I I went and saw them play the other day. It was a great game. And, uh, you know, maybe hoping they get a rink or a random donor so that they can uh, improve that program because no Division One hockey team is going to succeed when they're playing out of Bridgewater, Massachusetts. I think if you threw them Stonehill, LIU, Augustana, some of these, the lower tier D1 hockey teams, I'm not saying Minot is a guaranteed win every time, but they would be very close games. And, you know, I think Minot has a bright future ahead. And unfortunately, but also at the same time, fortunately, since we get to keep talking about them, since they're kind of, you know, the showstoppers in the ACHA right now. There's a lot of coverage about these games and Minot and those papers and then a couple of uh, college hockey articles. A lot of people saw this as an opportunity where maybe Minot was going to test the waters about going Division One. You know, they came out and said that it was actually Denver, Coach Carl who reached out to them and was like, hey, we need some games this time of year. Would you guys be willing to come down and play? This is actually before Nationals last year where they had started the conversation about having these games. So, I mean, for them to be like, Minot State is a really good team. Let's get them down here for some exhibitions. I mean, it shows how good of a program it is. One thing I think that a lot of the ACHA is aware of that maybe we don't talk about as much is the tuition at Minot State. A lot of their players mentioned it in these articles. Why play at Minot State versus some of these Division Three schools? And it's that it's the cost. There's no scholarships at the Division Three level. You know, if you're 
a guy from maybe the Midwest or Western Canada, like Minot State's roster, like, of course, you're going to choose Minot State because of the amenities that they have. They rival other programs. So I thought that was a really cool perspective. And I think it kind of shows, you know, maybe that is why they're so successful at the ACHA level. And maybe that's why they have no plans of moving up, because if you give them the scholarships, like they're just like every other Division One team. So I think it's a very interesting thing. These articles did mention the all time record between ACHA schools and NCAA schools in hockey. So I wanted to mention that I, I labeled it as a not so fun fact. Historically, the ACHA hasn't enjoyed much success against NCAA Division one teams according to the website the rink live acha teams have just two wins in 25 such games prior to the minot states matchups with teams having been outscored 153 to 26 including nine shutouts those only two victories are liberty's 2-1 win over long island in 2021 20 in the 2020-21 season and i didn't know about this one arizona state defeated penn state in 2012-13 before Arizona State was NCAA. So Penn State was NCAA at the time, but ASU was not. Yeah, I, I would love to see a full spreadsheet of NCAA Division Three because, Herm, I believe uh, the bo- Ohio's beaten a, a couple of Division Three opponents. I think Chatham was the one that comes to mind for me. I was I was there at that Chatham game, yeah. Really fun early season test for Ohio. There was a huge Bobcat contingent that traveled to Pennsylvania for the game. It was like a home game for us because Chatham barely had any fans there. Uh, it was awesome. I loved that. Too, somebody in the comments was mentioning that URI used to play Sacred Heart a lot. I don't know if that was... Um, let me see if I can find the comment. URI used to play against Sacred Heart pretty regularly before they moved into a conference, and the score was always pretty close. Uh, I, the best comment I saw was, those are two quality losses. Get them in the playoff. And I thought that was great. When people have funny comments and 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 they're relative to what's going on in the world. So by far the best thing I saw in that post. I did maybe throw this guy on the hot seat. Somebody made a burner account and they only followed. It was like everything college hockey, D3 hockey news. And then I, I swear this person must have been trying to piss me off because they followed Anna Maria men's hockey. And it was like user 678392. Like literally they something ticked. This post must have ticked them off so badly where they were like, I need a burner account. And I need people to know that the ACHA is a joke. He got as far as like two comments. And then I was like, all right, I, I know what this guy's doing. I, I gave him the block right away. Went to the holsters, gave him the, the two and 10 and sent them on his way to the showers. Really cool. Honestly, I didn't really get to catch much of the action. It sounded like Colorado College was in control of, of the game. And, and honestly, it seemed like the people on Twitter were saying that CC was maybe being a little too fancy, a little making the extra pass, trying to do the flashy goal. That game against Denver, it was six to three in the second period. So three goal game ends up being nine three, which is unfortunate, but really good showing by Minot State. We'll talk about them a little bit later in the podcast and their upcoming matchup against UNLV. But we got plenty of other stuff to talk about. Want to cover this one. The ACC heading overseas, the Atlantic Coast Collegiate Hockey League sent two all-star teams to Europe. They are heading over there as we speak. By the time the pod drops on Friday, they will probably have already played a game or two by then. But the ACC sent two teams to compete over in Croatia, Austria, and Slovenia. They have the premier team, which is made up of ACHA, M2 Premier, so the ACC's top division. And then they have another team, which is the ACC Elite All-Stars made from teams representing ACC elite schools. Though I just want to run through and give these guys some shout outs. The ACC premier all-stars are represented by five different schools, six guys from Virginia Tech, five from NC State, five from Maryland, four from Penn State, and then one from UNC Chapel Hill. They're going to carry 12 forwards, 
seven defensemen and two goalies. They will be led by NC State head coach Tim Healy. Creative director Harrison Eaton is also joining the squad, so we made sure to give him a shout out. They will face off against Croatia's U20 team on January 4th, Croatia's National A team on January 5th, the Red Bull U20 team on January 6th, and the Slovenia National A team on January 7th. So some quality matchups coming there. And then the ACC Elite All-Stars are represented by players from Denison. They have five Denison guys, four Georgetown guys, three West Virginia guys, two guys from George Washington, Virginia, Duke, and James Madison, and then one guy from East Carolina. They're going to carry 15 forwards, six defensemen, and two goalies. So honestly, a really cool opportunity for these teams. They're going to play a couple of the same teams and a couple different teams. I forgot to add them to the notes, but really cool opportunity. And I think this is something uh, we talk about the experiences that you get playing ACHA or AAU. And this has got to be up there, the opportunity to go. You know, we saw the success that the ACHA had last year when the world cup of university hockey came around and some acha m1 guys got to go over there duke went over there last year and played a couple of finland teams but this is really cool and i'm, I'm hoping we can find some live streams for this these games but fitzy i mean imagine playing acha m2 and you find out that you're gonna go to uh, europe over christmas break and play against some teams yeah i think it'd be sick that was like my when I first started going down the the minor pro hockey route. All roads were kind of pointing towards going overseas, and I think that's that's definitely a sick experience, especially if you're still in college, getting to do that. I don't think I've ever told this story. Yeah, my junior year, uh, a bunch of guys did like the study abroad programs. They just completely sewered us because we were you know going into playoffs the second semester, and these guys are taken off to you know Greece and wherever else you know we lose like our our best goalie was gone uh one of our best defensemen gone it was just like i i don't don't know i it's i've never i've never told that story i don't think but it it, it sticks with me to this day people like they decided they were just gonna go out and study abroad and you know they played half the season and then they took off but yeah it would be sick if it was uh if it went down this way this this would be sick to play over the holidays you know i I was thinking about studying abroad but you know i met her before and i didn't like her Herm, Herm, you gotta throw the the badoons into that and in, in post. The other thing, you you almost got hit with the reverse trade deadline, Fitzy. Instead of picking up guys in the second semester, you ended up losing them. We'll, we'll keep going down the East Coast. Savannah Hockey Classic is sneaking up on us. I have had this on the calendar for the longest of times. We're, we're looking forward to getting boots on the ground in Savannah coming up here. But I had to look at the calendar because Tennessee dropped their Pat Summit tribute jerseys which is a really cool look. The Lady Vols basketball teams have been known to wear maybe a royal blue, light blue with the orange accents over the years. Kind of an iconic look. And the hockey team is taking that look when they make their return to the Savannah Hockey Classic. So that will be an exciting one. Usually all the teams in the tournament come up with some alternate jerseys. I know Verbero did three of the four teams last year, so I'm sure they're doing that again. So we got our first look at Tennessee dropping their jerseys. You guys are all sports guys, college sports guys, but I knew Tennessee, the basketball team always had blue. I didn't know why. And then I, I said the reason behind it when they unveiled the jerseys, but I guess in like 1968, when they were looking for women's basketball jerseys, um, they didn't have orange and white jerseys, the manufacturer. So they went with blue and white and they added orange trim. And that's how the Lady Foles got their iconic look. So really cool look. We got some comments. People think they're ripping the little Caesars look, which I think in the hockey community, we see like we talked about with Maine and Villanova. I think the hockey community is so used to certain teams wearing certain colors that they see it and they immediately think something else. So I think it's a great look. I think they knocked it out of the park with this one. Perfect alternate jersey 
love the colors popping and the orange shells. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty clean look. Herm, what do you what do you think of these ones? Probably the first of. I think four jerseys we'll probably see get revealed ahead of the Savannah Classic. I was incredibly impressed by the social team's rollout of the jersey as well. Like the aesthetics of the post very, very much looked like it could have come from the Tennessee Athletic Department. Excellent job with using scroll and having the seamless carousel through it. I I thought it was just a beautiful, beautiful reveal overall. Really great job. Uh, was talking with their social media team. Looking forward to catching them in Savannah. We move along. College Hockey South. We'll, we'll just keep going south. They got a shout out from Butcher Gross a couple of weeks ago. He was on Spit and Chicklets. And it was it was really cool to see him acknowledge. I think Grinelli asked him, like, where would you like to see college hockey expand? And he mentioned right off the top that, you know, he'd love to see Illinois. They were so close to doing it. He actually mentioned Northwestern, which I feel like is a school we don't really talk about when we think college hockey expansion. You know, he gave a shout out to College Hockey South. He was basically like the South SEC already has hockey. All of these schools have hockey teams. They just compete at the club level, which I thought was really cool because I think most people think like, when is the SEC going to get hockey? And it's like, no, they already do have hockey. Like, look at all these club teams they have. They're all competing in College Hockey South and AAU College Hockey. That was cool for him. To acknowledge, um, I wanted to throw the question out there to the the group. Herm, is there when you think SEC adding hockey, like is there a school you think would maybe start that domino effect? Alabama, no question. I think that's a really good one. I, the one that comes to mind for me is Georgia with this new rink that's being built. I actually had somebody ask me the other day. They were like, "Is that real?" And I was like, "Yeah, like they're actually like probably like halfway done building this rink." And I showed somebody a picture of what the rink looks like right now. And they couldn't believe it. And I was like, yeah, and I think they are like trying to get an ECHL team, but the ECHL team hasn't, the ECHL hasn't committed to going to Athens, Georgia yet. So like they're going to be, that's their home. And so I, that would be a place that I keep my eye on. Fitzy, is there maybe an SEC school you'd like to see make jump ship and, and go NCAA first? I think I agree with Herm on the, the Alabama one. I got to test out their locker room a few weeks ago when we played Birmingham there. They have already have all the amenities going, so a nice rink on campus for them would be a, you know, kind of like a a final thing for them, you know, a school that a lot of a lot of people can get behind. So I think that definitely an easy one. I want to get back to Athens for a second. I don't know how the Atlanta Gladiators would feel about a second team opening up so very, very close. And I think, too, I don't know if the success of the Savannah Ghost Pirates has maybe said, like, like maybe they didn't think Savannah was going to be as successful. And now that it is so successful and Atlanta's doing well, like, maybe they are holding off. Maybe the NHL rumors in Atlanta are making them hold off in Athens. I don't know. But originally, when they announced plans to build the arena, it was advertised as the home of UGA hockey and the home of an ECHL expansion team. I would bet it probably winds up being an SP team. I mean, that you, you just heard Fitz talk about playing five games in a row against Peoria. I'm sure uh, a, a, another team down there wouldn't hurt the league. Collins, are you you on the Bama UGA train, or is there another SEC school you would keep your eye on? Oh, I'm definitely not on the Bama train. I had a wonderful, wonderful weekend watching all the Cowboys, Lakers, and Yankees fans' hearts get crushed. In the future, I think I would love to see Texas. It really brings in a lot of money, and I think hockey in Texas has gotten so big, and 
for crying out loud, hockey monkey is based out of Texas now. You know, why not stick a college hockey team there? I think it'd be great for the sport. We've had our beef with Butcher Grass in the past, but I thought he answered it really well. I like that he acknowledged that all these schools have teams at the club level. And, and it's definitely a, a cool conversation to have. Like I mentioned, he, he mentioned Northwestern, which is maybe a school people don't really think of. But, you know, Chicago has hosted the Frozen Four before. They still don't have an NCAA Division One team in Illinois. So that would be something to keep an eye on. But uh, moving a little over in the Midwest, wanted to give a shout out to the guys at Miami. I love them. Her might be a hater here because they're the rival school, the Miami Red Hawks, ACHA M2 team. In my opinion, the perfect city edition third jersey. It's got everything you want. The state patch on the shoulders. It's got the Miami script. It's got the brick stripes. I think some people maybe thought it was cheesy. I love it for an alternate jersey, though. We'll definitely have to have these guys in the 2024 jersey of the year tournament. If one of you picks an auto bid on this accent mark I, I'm never talking to you again. I think Herm is being a little too harsh on the script, and uh, maybe he just saw it at, at the wrong angle and, and is confusing it for Miami, Florida. But I, I thought they were great. Um, another cool shout out the ACHA got this week came from the Hockey Night in Boston news. If you're from the New England region, you've probably heard of Hockey Night in Boston. It kind of hit on a personal level for me because I grew up playing summer showcases through Hockey Night in Boston. But the Hockey Night in Boston news is basically like the go-to for kids in New England if you want to get like high school hockey rankings, you read the Hockey Night in Boston News. It used to be a magazine that got printed and distributed to every rink in New England. It's now all online. They did a really cool feature on the ACHA and particularly Oregon because, you know, a former player who played high school hockey in Massachusetts went on to play in Hockey Night in Boston. He's now coaching for Oregon. He played at LMU out in California. And it was, it was just like a really cool article considering the you know the demographic of hockey night in boston news is high school kids like wanting to be up to date about what's going on in the hockey world so i thought that was really cool it reminds me of when neutral zone did the article it's just like really cool that we're we're, we're talking about it there's more conversation we did get a subtle shout out jack hyman who was interviewed for the article he's the head coach at oregon he said i also think with the explosion of social media and emergence of some acha specific accounts many players are seeing great things that ACHA programs are doing both on and off the ice. So I want to give a quick pat on the back for us, you know, the great work that we've done on social media. And we honestly thank everybody for following because, it, you know, started as a crazy idea. Now we're here. We have a podcast. Enough self-motivation there. Let's let's move on. Really cool news on Christmas Day, actually. NC State and UNC made a joint announcement that they will be doing a Governor's Cup rematch. These teams drew over 6,000 people to PNC Arena on November 20th. UNC Chapel Hill getting the W, but really cool that they're getting together and they're basically like, hey, if we can draw that many people in November, like let's see what we can do in February. No Frozen Finley this year, so I'm sure people will be revved up again to do this as well. But Herm, you've gotten to witness this rivalry, arguably the best rivalry in the ACHA. It seems like the comment section on some of our posts, like people from state are pissed that UNC is in the final of the Jersey tournament, and uh, I'm sure they'll draw another 6,000 when they play at PNC in February. We might have to make the trip down for that one. It is a Monday. I don't know. You could argue North Carolina is the capital of club hockey. I think they, they've made a very good impression on all of us, and um, we are very thankful for the work that all of those teams in the Tar Heel State have done to grow the game of college hockey. But I want to give a shout out to friend of the pod, former Stony Brook netminder Thomas Sullivan. Nearly was an e-bug the other night. I guess he was the e-bug in attendance, the Floral Park, New York resident and Hall of Fame locker room guy currently serves as one of the e-bugs 
for New York Islanders home games. His name started making the rounds on social media the other night when the Capitals goalie Charlie Lindgren left the game with an upper body injury. Collins, you're a Caps fan. I don't know if you were tuned into the game or or not, but you were right on the scene and sent the the tweet over to us. I actually got a, a DM from Liazier to uh, with the tweet from Bailey Johnson, the beat writer, talking about how Sullivan was, you know, potentially going to get the call, which was was really cool to have uh, a friend of the pod potentially back up and potentially play for for my team. So unfortunate that he got absolutely bodied by her on Twitter, but you win some, you lose some. He did get bodied, but I almost think that's like the David Ayers effect because a Zamboni driver went in an NHL game and got the win. I think every time there is an e-bug, it's like, how bad can we make this goalie look before he goes into an NHL game? He was on the roster. He played hockey at Stony Brook for four years. Subtract one year for COVID. And then he didn't get any starts his freshman year. Bailey, the the beat writer, said he sparingly played for two seasons at Stony Brook. They did my man dirty there. So we wanted to make sure he got his flowers on our show. I'm sure he's going to be the e-bug for a couple more games this year. And uh, I know he was having a great time. Uh, the other night when he was getting all the attention on Twitter. Sully's such a beaut, honestly. Best backup style in the league. That towel game, elite. I know, and, and Herm, honestly, I, I, maybe I dropped the ball because you've photographed so many Syracuse Stony Brook games. I was like, I know we have a photo on file of Sully, and I just picked the first one I found. I should have gone to Aztec Photos because they have the golden shot of him doing the lineup, and maybe we could have spun that as like, yeah, don't let this guy play in an NHL game because he's, maybe that's the push the Capitals would have needed is uh Sully. Maybe Sully gets a cameo in Ovi's uh, documentary for the gold chase. Let's get to some rankings really quick before we get to the, the our interview for this week. End of 2023. So we'll just kind of recap. We're heading into the second half of the season. Big push for nationals for a lot of teams. Starting off with ACHA M1, we have Minot State, Adrian, UCO, Jamestown, and UNLV rounding out the top five. Herm, question for you. Do you think the national champion is in this top five, or do we get a winner from outside the top five? I feel like if the Vegas odds, there's probably like an 80, I mean, nine, maybe not Vegas odds would probably have you say there's a 90% chance that the national champion comes out of this top five. Someone missing from the top five. I, I That's why I asked you the question, right? I can't say that out loud. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting that out into the, into the world. <laughs> All right. Somebody's missing out of the top five. You folks listening at home are going to have to figure out which ACHA team is missing from the top five. Collins, you, you got any predictions for St. Louis with this top five right now? I don't have predictions, but do we know what the lowest seed to ever win the national tournament was? I believe it's nine or 11. I can't remember if it was no team outside the top 10 has won or maybe there was one exception. Somebody at 11 won it. I would be shocked. I think it's like the Vegas odds of a team outside the top 10 winning it are like 0.01. You know, because you have to play so many games back to back. So that will be something to, to keep an eye on. But I, I think, I mean, Minot State's having a really good year. Adrian's having a really good year. I feel like UCO kind of just hangs around. They're always in that top spot. Jamestown is in the neighborhood right now. They've had a really good year, probably the best year in program history. A lot of strong horses at the front of the pack right now. So we'll head to ACHA M2. We'll start in the central. Lindenwood, the top team in all of ACHA M2. They're sitting with an auto bid with Concordia, Wisconsin. St. Thomas on the outside looking in. In the northeast, you have Northeastern ranked number one. RPI slides into that top two spot. And Keene State sitting at third. 
Um, if you started the regional tournament today, Keene State would be the one seed. They would have to play their way through regionals to get to nationals. In the Southeast, you know, our favorite team in the Southeast, you start with Florida Gulf Coast. And then when you think Southeast, you think Indiana and they're number two in the rankings. They would have an auto bid to nationals and then it would be Kentucky on the outside looking in. Moving on to the West, Montana State, they've had a phenomenal season. They finished the year the number one team in the West with a 22 and two record. Then you got University of Providence, who has made some great strides this season, had a really tough year last year, had a really good recruiting class. They're looking to get back to St. Louis. They were in nationals, of course, the last time we were in St. Louis. And then you got Utah State. They are the host team of the West region. They would be the top seed in that region. So things kind of working out in the West. Some teams to keep an eye on in ACHA M2. We'll get moving to ACHA M3 because Collins, I'm curious if you think a team outside of this top five can win a national championship. But at number one, you got Grand Valley State. They are off to a phenomenal start, 15-0 and to start the season. Everybody knows ACHA M3 runs through Michigan. You got Florida Gulf Coast at number two. And then Lawrence Tech 3, Hope College 4, and Mizzou sitting at 5. I mean, every year it goes through Michigan, but you look at these top five teams, they've had great starts to the season. I almost think the odds of a team outside of this top five are even slimmer in ACHA M1. Collins, I don't know if you've you have any thoughts? I don't have a lot of thoughts in general. It's a lot of empty space up here. I would love to see Mizzou go on a run. That would be so sick to see an SEC team win a national tournament. I mean, as always, we love FGCU and and uh, all the people at Grand Valley. So I don't, and also all the people at Hope. We love all these people. Shout out Lawrence Tech for the Hockey House Pod chant. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to to pick a favorite here. Moving along to ACHA Women's One Midland, nearly perfect on the season twenty. 20- Oh, and one, they lead the way in ACHA women's one. They're followed by the reigning champs, Liberty University. The big question heading into the second half here is can anyone knock Liberty off the mountain? Five championships in a row. Midland looking to make history and put an end to that run. You have Adrian sitting at number three. I mean, they had a chance to put the nail in the coffin on Liberty last year. And they choked, so they are looking for revenge heading into nationals this year. You got University of Michigan at number four. They are 9-0-1 on the year. They're off to a really great start. And then McKendry rounding out the top five. In ACHA Women's 2 in the Southeast, we got Villanova and the Naval Academy. They're looking to make uh, a strong push in the second half and get themselves in St. Louis. In the Northeast, you got the runner-ups, Northeastern University. They are 10-0 and to start the year. BC comes in at number two in the Northeast. The Central, though, we have the defending champs, Sioux College. They have not lost a game yet. 10-0-1 on the year, followed by Lawrence Tech in the two spot. And then out West, Assiniboine, a name that is, you know, we, when we think ACHA Women's 2, they're always in the conversation. They're 12-0 and to start the year. So a lot of undefeated teams. ACHA Women's 2 is very stretched out, so the top teams don't get to play each other very often and then dakota college botno sitting at four and six the number two team in the west pretty cut and dry in the women's action we'll move along to aau d1 the top five there niagara binghamton st bonaventure tampa farmingdale nothing has changed since we last talked about those teams aau d2 pretty similar story fau has been in the driver's seat all year florida at number two liberty at number three high point for tennessee at five liberty is a, an interesting one here because i felt like they were one of the better teams at AAU Nationals last year. Collins, I feel like maybe you can agree with me there. I mean, that game they had, those games they had against South Carolina, against Bama, like they were in the conversation. I would like to see them maybe make a run in AAU Division Two now that you know they're not going against the bigger dogs that made the jump to AAU D1. You look back at that group, that was the group of death 
Alabama, South Carolina, Liberty, and poor Fordham. They're a, a very talented team, as are all Liberty teams. It's kind of, you know, would be an oxymoron to say Liberty and untalented. I mean, looking at their record, they obviously have a, a, a lot of games to go. And yeah, hopefully something can happen. And maybe they're just going to be a little sneaky kind of under the radar team at nationals rounding out the aau talk we'll head to aud3 miami at number one stony brook at two niagara community college at three tennessee at four and kennesaw state at five couldn't find aau women's rankings so i just went to the college hockey south rankings because the majority of the teams in aau women's one are from college hockey south so tampa at number one they are undefeated on the year seven and oh Georgia at two, USF at three, Miami at four, South Carolina at five. And that kind of segues into the stick taps because I'm going outside of the club hockey universe because honestly, I was busy in the afternoon on New Year's Day, so I didn't get to catch much of the live action of the Winter Classic. I was watching a lot on social media, saw the fish toss, saw Biz RKO buoy, saw all the good stuff. I did actually get to watch, though, the first game in PWHL history, and I was blown away. Honestly, I was I was pumped up because they had a sold-out crowd in Toronto, 3,500 people there. It was a great hockey game. It was a physical hockey game, and the crowds were electric, but I was just pumped because it was like watching an ACHA game. Like They just had a YouTube live stream, and it was free, and everyone could watch it. The people in the comments were great, like Herm used to do on Twitch. They had somebody policing the comments and, and making interacting with the chat. And I watched the first two periods of that game, and I was very impressed. So I wanted to send stick taps their way because as we speak right now, Ottawa and Montreal are playing. They're in front of like 9,000 in Ottawa right now. That's been a great game so far as well. I was actually watching that game. It's over. Montreal win. Whoop, whoop. Went to overtime. Unreal game. The 67s arena was packed. I will say the PWHL has gotten everything right except for the branding of these teams, and it really pisses me off. Could you argue, this is how I felt, because like you're looking on social media, it's like annoying that it's like PWHL Boston, PWHL like New York. Like That's not fun. But like watching the game on TV, it, I feel like it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Like you, you know New York's one team, Boston the other team. Like You don't really realize that like they're kind of wearing the same template jerseys. Like The product, I thought, looked good. I maybe the social media branding is tough because they don't have much creativity. You got to give a shout out to the goalies too, because they've gone really creative with the pad designs when the jerseys aren't really the best, but Herm from a maybe streaming perspective, like what have you been able to see and, and, gauge from the women's side two points i want to make one i'm incredibly privileged that i saw the dry run of the league at nexus because it was a really really good indicator of where they were heading how professional the entire league was how ready they were to go only thing streaming i think their score bug just could use a visual upgrade that's the only thing i would say i think the production is on par for any tv level uh, it just visually looks like a score bug that does not belong on ESPN or Sportsnet or something like that. It just looks a little bit flat. That's the only thing I would say. It just needs a little bit of a, a branding overhaul. Maybe that's not as big of a deal for me, but it is like the production was so good. Like they had like in-game hosts. They had a studio desk between periods and maybe the look of the score bug like 
made you think like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to turn this off when the period's over because it's going to be not. They had a really good production, so they might as well match that. So I thought that was really great and, and wanted to make sure we gave him a stick tap. Hammering a hot seat this week. Club hockey haters. We're just throwing them out there. We, we talked about a bunch, uh, a lot of D3 hockey glazers, as the kids are saying these days. But they're on the hot seat. We've talked about them a couple times already, so we need to don't need to get into it. But we'll turn things over to our interview for this week. As always, it's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part is these guys know club hockey. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're in- interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at optimexsports.com slash signup slash hockey house pod. That is once again, optimexsports.com slash signup slash hockey house pod. The really big thing nowadays is teams are starting to get in trouble because they've been paying their dues with Venmo. And that's not good for tax purposes because that's a lot of money going back and forth. That's one person who's taking in all the money and there's just a lot of red tape there. So Optimex has this really cool feature for teams to use where you can actually pay your team dues through their website. So be sure you're taking advantage of that in 2024 and you're going through all the green tape, no red tape, all nothing but green tape with Optimex Sports and their new features have us really excited. So be sure to check them out. Once again, OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. We're pleased to be joined by a friend of the podcast from Appalachian State, Junior Ford, originally from Long Island, New York, the team president, number 20, Joseph Iorio. Joe, welcome to the Hockey House Pod. Thanks, Mackenzie. It is a pleasure to be here. We're psyched to have you on. We got the chance to catch up down in Charlotte when you guys were playing in the Outdoor Classic. I'm sure you're getting ready to go back to school on the holiday break. Did you do anything exciting while you were away from hockey for a little bit? Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of nice. I actually got stuck in Boone for a little bit just with work and then was able to head home. Um, and thankfully on, on my way home, like my coach texted me and was like, yeah, we need some sub-ins for, uh, for our men's league team. So it was kind of nice to literally come straight home and uh, be able to skate with him. And then a couple of the other guys from from App played, from the Raleigh area played that night and uh, skated a little bit. But it just was a nice, nice relaxing holiday. I was able to you know get together with the family and uh, have a really good holiday. So no complaints over here. You mentioned originally from Long Island, but you moved down to North Carolina when you were younger. Whereabouts in North Carolina are you? you so i'm about 30 minutes outside of raleigh a little small town called archer's lodge pretty much all of like the hockey i would play we were driving 30 40 minutes to get to a rink wasn't really big i kind of lived pretty much out in the sticks would be a good way to put it i mean you're pretty much a product of the carolina hurricane success i'm assuming you're you're a big hurricanes fan oh i know absolutely not i uh i stuck with uh with my dad's team he was uh he was born in Brooklyn, so we uh, we all grew up Rangers fans, Rangers, Mets, and Jets. So thankfully, I can ride the success of the Rangers, but the can't say too much about the Jets and Mets. So yeah, that's uh, I mean that can be a brutal combination at times, especially when you <laughs> live so close to the Hurricanes, who have had a lot of success in the last couple of years. They haven't gotten past the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe the Rangers will be able to break through in there. But let's talk about App State hockey. The start of the season, I mean, kind of a rocky start for you guys. I feel like we've kind of built a relationship over the last couple of years with you guys so we had our eyes on the Mountaineers and you guys got off to a slower start what was like the difference for you guys from the start of the year to now yeah I think the biggest thing was is we had such a large freshman class come in this year like with a bunch of talent where we had like we were just trying so many new things and I think just the hype building up into the season maybe kind of get into us a little bit not like there was pressure but it was uh definitely a lot different it was something completely different that we had ever experienced where it was like okay like we're starting off with three ACHA opponents teams were all familiar with teams we some teams we hadn't even played in like two years so I think the biggest thing was just kind of getting all these guys used to like coming in and playing this college hockey like it was a 
huge adaptation and like honestly all three of those games we generally weren't out of it i think in that the ecu game our game sheet had us clocked at like 62 shots on net and we still find a way to just their goalie stood on their head the wake forest game was a battle back and forth couple penalties there was like a video of like we pulled our goalie and like the referee like stops the play and like counts out six players and is like too many men and it was it was the funniest thing our whole bench just starts flipping out yeah that elon game they they, they were just a good team yeah it was kind of crazy i remember literally listening to the pod that the week after we went oh and three and just hearing we were like the first people on the hot seat and i was like oh wow like <laughs> they got their eyes on us <laughs> like yeah we actually literally made the hot seat for you guys that was like a let's get the app state boys going because we had the plans to go down to charlotte at that point you know that was something that we talked about over the summer i know you were working with the guys at Charlotte to make that happen. How did that process come together? Because I feel like we were talking probably early summer about these plans and then them becoming official in late August. Walk us through, you know, that process because I know Charlotte hosted the event the year prior against Wake Forest. Like when did you first get the call that they wanted you guys to come in and play? Either their head coach or their president had emailed the team pretty late in semester last year. We had already started scheduling our season. They had reached out and were like, hey, we are picking like the handful of schools. Like we want to see if you have availability on this date. We're going to have the outdoor classic and we're considering having you guys as an opponent. I remember literally reaching back out and was like, I talked about like just the benefits of like why we would be a good opponent just like geographically and just like we kind of just played them and it was a good game when we played them our sophomore year also too like we'd love to go like full board and just like get something planned and make this a big deal like let's make this a huge deal i think literally right at the beginning of the summer we uh we heard back from them and they're like yeah we're gonna take you guys as the opponent we were so stoked it was crazy and then from there we were pretty much just like in meeting met with their head coach and president plenty and we were just talking about like the marketing plans of you know how we were going to promote the game when we were going to drop that we were playing the game we talked about jerseys like and jerseys made for the game and it was so much fun it, it was and then obviously the day of it just was like a fever dream it was insane how much did the success of frozen finley spark you guys wanting to make this a much bigger deal than just like you know two teams going to play in an outdoor game that was definitely something that was brought up in like a lot of earlier conversations of when we were planning and like what we wanted to do and where we wanted to take this game was like looking at frozen finley and just being like they got what was that like twenty two thousand people at that game it was packed and like that's pretty much what we were going for and we were like we, the early talks was like getting hockey house there like we wanted all eyes to be on north carolina hockey this weekend i think we really executed that really well like even if you like look up on youtube stay versus charlotte there's like a, a charlotte news clip on there even that video you guys uploaded of like people love college hockey in the south like Every time I sign into the Instagram for Apoc, we're still just getting pumped with alerts from that post. It's it's crazy, but the amount of publicity we got from that was just insane. Honestly, that was a big deciding factor for us in going down there, you know, to pull back the curtain for people. Like we get messages all the time about outdoor games and people want us to go and cover them but it's like you know i mean you guys saw it when you went to kutztown like that's a great outdoor venue you know there's plenty other games that are played outdoors in the acha and aau so when we went down to charlotte we wanted to make sure we were going to a game that was going to bring that energy from frozen finley and honestly it exceeded my expectations you know early on i think when we got to the rink you know people were trickling in and then it didn't really set in for me until the first intermission when i went upstairs in the concourse and i could not 
not believe the lines for beer, for food. Everybody was rocking obscure NHL jerseys, plenty of Canes jerseys, plenty of Tampa Bay Lightning jerseys. It was insane to see the hockey people in North Carolina coming out. And you mentioned, you know, UNC, NC State. Those are two big brands in college sports in North Carolina. I think maybe Charlotte and App State are not, you know, group of five teams, not nearly as big as those ACC schools. But it was cool to see you guys do something similar on on your own scale. I think the coolest thing for me was like, I remember when we were selling the tickets and like kind of keeping an eye of like, what sections were selling out and we were pretty much like pushing all of the fans to buy in that row right behind our net that we warmed up at i remember we'd all been talking about like could you imagine like we got like an app state chant at some point in the night and i remember like the first like four or five strides stepping on for warm-ups just like hearing like the whole crowd just like ah stay that was like the moment of just like oh my god this is crazy like the amount of people that showed up to that and just yeah it was crazy the whole school was like pretty much behind us on that our club sports head was there pj we put him in a box i remember like the next week i ran into him at the urac and he's like that was nuts. we had never seen any like club sports team do something like that obviously felt like really good especially just like the way it went to it was a good hockey game like back and forth goes to overtime and yeah it just ends up in our hands you mentioned the app state chant i don't know if you if you noticed but if you go back and rewatch that overtime goal you can actually hear the crowd yeah doing like, the app state chant right before it's the goal crazy and then what was even crazier when we played high point the following week because we played those games in greensboro and that second game greensboro is technically like our home rink because we don't have a rink in boone people still will drive out to greensboro to come watch these games and like we were technically away but like come third period when we're trying to rally back into the game you have app state chance in the greensboro ice house it was awesome so definitely that game boosted some fans to kind of really pay attention to us i think a good segue here is you mentioned you put the urec guy in a box for the game and he's blown away by the support for a club game talk about your relationship you know on the e-board with the university like do you think you guys have gained a little more respect since this game yeah absolutely so the original idea was to get our athletic director to come out to that outdoor classic we actually were able to like i emailed him maybe like right when we confirmed the game i sent him an email and we had never really gotten a response from him ever he never really had answered there had been a couple of other things we'd reached out about i sent this one on my personal school email so it was like an app state email so it would like go to his inbox and his assistant like emailed me back in like two days and was like, uh, yeah, Mr. Gillen would actually love to sit down and talk to you about the club and just about the outdoor classic and just what it's about. Unfortunately, he was traveling with football that weekend. I'm pretty sure that was the weekend we beat JMU. So yeah, it was a big weekend for, yeah. for App State fans. Yeah, it was uh, something about the overtime wins that weekend. Yeah, so he was traveling with JMU. But what's cool about our athletic director is he had actually played NCAA at sunny Cortland, he like is an alternate captain so he's a big hockey guy i remember just sitting down and talking with him from what i have heard from like past execs and like our relationship with the school in the past like everything he was saying to us was just like completely different where he was like it's crazy like where you guys have taken this in the last three years like where i've seen it on my twitter feed not even directly from your accounts like just talking about like ranks and like boone and like the potentials of that and really good talk and like where now like i can email mr gillen and like he'd answer now we have that relationship with our athletic director which is great um we gave him one of the Sally hats and we gave him a poster so we had to make sure we got we got the merch out to him club sports they've been nothing but great probably our biggest fans that was the coolest thing about that outdoor game was the amount of other club sports teams that like 
got together and like came down and and watched that game and i can like remember getting off the ice after the game and like getting text messages from like the other presidents or just other members of other sports clubs teams and they're like that was sick good stuff like that's going down in history like that was such a good feeling yeah our relationship with the school has definitely gotten a lot better in the last two years and it's been awesome it's like one big family especially like when it comes to all the other club sports you know just as much as i do that no matter what planning goes into an event you know anything can happen with club hockey you guys do everything right you show up to the rink and you saw it with the condition that that ice was in the temperature was pretty warm in charlotte um in the afternoon and hope we all thought that the sun going down was going to help like what was your first thought because i think i might have beaten you to the rink actually on game day but when you first saw the ice condition were you a little worried yeah so it was actually really funny because me Sam, our captain, and Riley, which is a a sophomore, we all drove together because I was in charge of running to the public before the game to get all of our teams like trays of sandwiches that we had in our locker room. We were just getting bodied by like Charlotte traffic. And then we end up getting to the public and they completely like forgot this order. And it was like five sandwich platters. We're already running behind to begin with. And then like this was just another obstacle. So we end up getting stuck at the public for like 45 minutes. We get to the rink. I'm like running around just making sure like coaches know where they need to be and just like getting all of our ducks lined up. I remember seeing Sam and he's like, oh yeah, like I just saw, I just saw the hockey house guys like not gonna lie. I was like kind of fanboying a little bit. I was like, dude, I haven't seen them yet. I was like looking around for you guys. And then I think I literally ran into you right when I first checked the ice and I looked over at you and I was like, oh, this isn't good. No, like, cause I've never seen like outdoor hockey ice. So like I was looking at it and I like for a while in my head, I was like, I don't even know if this game is going to happen. It looked, it was like slush cause the door was open. And if you put your foot down on it, it was like sinking into it. I was like, oh, this is not good. Definitely uh, no good thoughts. And then like coming out, trying to get out for one warm-ups and all of a sudden it starts like drizzling out i was like oh my god this cannot be happening right now yeah that was again the next thing it was like i think after warm-ups there was some issues on the charlotte side by the zamboni door because they had a puck a couple of pucks go underneath the door during warm-up and so they were trying to fix that there was a delay while they were trying to fix that it actually ended up working out in everyone's favor because during the delay was when it started raining so i think if you guys had actually started playing maybe it would have been raining during the first period we get that little delay though the rain stops and it ended up being the, the perfect night for college hockey in charlotte yeah it was uh it was crazy the scenery was insane like during warm-ups i think i took like my first two laps and just like looking around you have the charlotte skyline and it just was like all the fans it was unreal there's like what a one experience that was we mentioned it a little bit earlier but you guys also got to do another outdoor game in a matchup against kutztown when did that come into fruition like stunning scenery again you're at the base of a mountain here but like when did you guys get the call that you were going to play outdoors for that one yeah that one was actually kind of silly because i almost accidentally messed that up for us because they actually just reached out over our team's account dm i read it wrong the first time i read it and it just was like hey do you like do you guys want to come play an outdoor hockey game on December 8th? And in my head, I thought it literally just said, do you guys want to come play a game on December 8th? So I sent a DM back and was like, oh no, like we're done with our schedule. Sorry. And then I reread it and like unsent the message and was like, oh my God. Yeah, that would be sick. Let me talk to the guys because it was like December 8th. That was like the first day of exams for us. So it was like, I had to like make sure everyone else was okay with me scheduling a game that was eight hours away from us on like the Saturday before the week of exam. Uh, we did like a group group me poll. Everyone was like very down for it. And then, yeah, we went up there. That was a really fun game. That like that definitely was like 
not as cool as Charlotte, but like definitely holds a, a special place. Like that just felt like true outdoor hockey. Like there was a cabin next to this like big sheet of ice. Like we got dressed in these like heated trailers, true outdoor hockey. I think it was like 40 degrees out the entire game. So it was cold, a little chilly. Kutztown was great to us. They made that really easy on us. And it was a really fun trip. Obviously the game didn't go as, as we wanted to, but the boys had fun and it, it was definitely a cool matchup for us too, just to play a team that we never seen in the school's history before what's uh what's the eight hour drive like when you got players driving the vans up to pennsylvania yeah that was that was nuts so to even put it in perspective like to find van rentals in boone was unreal non-existent actually so we drove out to johnson city tennessee which was about an hour out from boone to go pick up these vans and we had two 15 passenger vans we had one u-haul cargo van to carry all the bags i was driving one of them my roommate seth was driving the other one and then our captain sam was driving the cargo van with our goalie wilcox it, we had a group chat we're coordinating where we're stopping it was going pretty good for like the drive up there took a little bit longer than it needed to we took like way too many stops but there was one point where we stopped to get gas for the first time i don't know how we lost wilcox and sam but they just went to a completely different gas station and then we had just thought they had gone on the road we me and seth were just like all right like we're, we're just gonna get going come to find out they're like they never left so they get like 40 minutes behind us i just remember texting in the group chat i was just like all right like burn hoof like catch up get up here i think it was like maybe 30 minutes into virginia sam and willie fly past us in the lane right next to us I'm like, we're probably cruising at like 70, 73 and they fly by us on. And it's like, a, I think the road was like a 65. And right when they get past us, there's a cop just riding like right on the back of them and like lights them up there. And it was the funniest thing because our van just starts crying, laughing about it. Thankfully they get off with the warning, but like we pulled off and we're like, no way that just happened. We were, we were cracking up. That was so funny. That's gotta be so funny as a cop too. Like you pull over this van that's flooring it on the highway. You know, you roll down the window and everybody's decked out in app state hockey gear. I, I was talking to Wilcox about it. Cause that's my, that's one of my roommates. I was like, so like, what's that conversation with the cop look like? You just got pulled over in like a U-Haul van, like flying down a 65 doing probably closer to like 75, 80. Like, what is that? conversation look like and he goes yeah i just remember the cop rolling down the window and was like i've been following you guys for like the last 45 minutes and you guys have just been flying like what's the occasion like what what's going on here and they just pretty much explained like oh yeah we're driving up to pennsylvania from appalachian state the cop pretty much was just like oh that's pretty cool actually like just slow it down there's a bunch of state troopers ahead so like they're not going to be as lenient as i am so like watch the speed so pretty cool cop so shout out that cop that's awesome. Well, you mentioned you moved down to North Carolina as a kid. You end up going to App State. Was that something that was on your radar? Like how competitive was the hockey you played growing up? Did you know that you could play hockey at App State? Like how did those all those things all come together? Yeah. So actually my oldest sister, who's a teacher now, she graduated from App State. So I can just always remember coming up and visiting her, um, going to the football games here and just like, even then just like kind of like enjoying the small town feel of Boone and just picking up hockey as I, as I grew up, I kind of had a late start to hockey. I started playing hockey at like age 12. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. So just kind of wrote it out, never really played too competitively, was bouncing between that and lacrosse in high school came when I was applying for schools. I knew I wanted to go to app um and i knew about the hockey team there and just kind of it wasn't as big as where we were now so i was like i, I think i have a pretty good chance of maybe getting to play at app and uh, came up here my freshman year 
made the roster and have been bouncing around the, the lineup through my three years, just kind of given the opportunity, which is pretty cool. A lot of the stuff we do here at app when it comes to like hockey is like a lot of first time for me. So it's been kind of cool to just kind of learn how like this competitive hockey works and just at the same time, like looking over it and like literally planning it. It's like, it's a pretty cool experience. Honestly, it's been, it's been a joy. And when you first came on, you guys are playing in the newly formed collegiate hockey federation, the CHF, which is now changed over to AAU. I was wondering, do you, do you have a welcome to the CHF moment? You know, you don't really know what you're signing up for when you start playing hockey at App State. So we were playing in a conference that consisted of like the Citadel, William and Mary, American University, Mary Washington, not like no name schools, just like very smaller schools. So we were, we were competing in that. My first game that I played in, I had COVID the week that we played UNCW. Like our season opener that year was against UNCW. And I just remember like watching us get torched. And I was like, oh God, I got to be ready to go for next week. Get ready. We play Wake Forest the next week. First college hockey shift. I get out there. It was like a simple, like back end of the shift. I like go to dump the puck in. I was just light on my feet and just got like pummeled right in front of their bench and i just remember just getting yapped at by their entire bench and i just like got back to the bench and my coach was like welcome to college hockey it was so funny i was like this is brutal that's just not the way i wanted to start this but that definitely would have to be my welcome to the chf moment right there i'm curious too you just rattled off a bunch of the schools that you play against i think that's like the most interesting thing for me we actually talked about it on this show that it feels like North Carolina is kind of like the capital for club hockey right now. The success of Frozen Finley, we saw the outdoor game between you guys and Charlotte. There's a number of teams that we could mention. Like, who's like the biggest rival? Like, do you guys just kind of enjoy that every weekend you get to play against another North Carolina team? Or are there some teams that you guys have on your radar? We never had the relationship with Charlotte until our sophomore year. They would never answer us before then to schedule games. Thankfully, we had some connections. Come sophomore year, our president was friends with their president so he was able to get in contact with them and then or i have a friend that plays on charlotte now steven and i was talking to him and was like hey we need to try to get our two schools to play each other like we're pretty close to each other i don't know why we wouldn't like a lot of the the student body here at app is also from that charlotte area even when we go down to charlotte we have a pretty good following that comes down there with us and so we were able to get that charlotte game on the schedule our sophomore year and then this year those games were really fun i think that would probably be our like in-state rival i would say i think we have the most fun playing charlotte and like obviously we put it on the platform at the outdoor classic we put on a good game there too that's what makes my job growing the sport here at app so much easier with just the state of North Carolina just like booming in hockey. I mean, you just look at all of the college teams like you mentioned. Obviously, you got to look at the Hurricanes and the growth they've made in the last five years under their new ownership. There's now like high school hockey forming in Raleigh. Um, I know Zach, uh, the videographer from the Outdoor Classic, he does a lot for that. And like, it's crazy to me just to see like from when I moved down here to where it is now, it's it's so sick. Feeling like you play a role in that, it, it's crazy to think about. And you get to see it at the pro level too. Talk about your internship with the Carolina Thunderbirds in the FPHL. That was really cool. I knew I was trying to look to get into an internship within hockey somewhere. And with Winston-Salem being pretty much where we practice, where we play a lot of our games in the second half of the year, like the Thunderbirds were nothing that I was not familiar with. So it's actually cool because the guy that I work under, Don, 
my boss. He actually used to play at State, so he's an ACHA guy. So that was kind of one of the first things I clicked with when we uh, when I interviewed for that. It's been nothing but great. It's honestly crazy to see where Winston-Salem, kind of like a very untraditional hockey market there, to go on like a Friday night game in that place is sold out, loud, it's rowdy, cowbells everywhere, just to kind of see what they're doing to really present themselves as a professional hockey team, just like trying new things every game. Like that's like one of the things that falls under my internship is like operations. Like we literally like we'll get there two hours early and we'll discuss like what do we want to do different tonight that's going to like get the fans engaged. Like we got like intermission games going now. We had the spotlight running for the starting lineups the other week. That was pretty funny. One of the guys who works for state and then he does like the minor league baseball team in winston which are called the dash he's like a in-game like entertainer during like media timeouts he's like walking around they're doing games on the board yeah his name's jj he's awesome i usually that's pretty much who i'm with majority of the time at those but the fed is definitely uh something interesting for sure yeah winston salem a great minor league sports town i've actually believe it or not been to a number of dash games i had a buddy who lived in winston salem and we went and visited him in the summertime and he lived right around the corner from the ballpark so that was a great time but i i gotta ask because you you mentioned it a couple times and i was the club president in syracuse but it feels like you have a different role at app state you're almost like the gm here you're talking about scheduling <laughs> games and that kind of thing like what are some crazy things that you've run into in your time you know on the e-board talking to some of these other teams and getting games scheduled i think the biggest thing for me is like yeah like that's pretty much what i do during my summer is i'm scheduling and kind of like planning what special things are we going to do next year to get us on the radar and like get people to talk about us i think the funniest thing for me is when i reach out for teams and it's like either coaches like coaches make sense like i can understand that or like what do you call that not executive officers literal people that work for this team and it's like the craziest thing for me because i like the end of the day like it's like i'm doing it so it's like it's weird so it's like oh wow like that's cool you guys got people for that my executive team has been great they played all of the role in where we are now like going into our sophomore year one of our vice presidents becca she like was very quiet all summer where me and i was working with wilcox because my sophomore year i was serving as vice president i was kind of just doing a lot of like the merchandising and just kind of like the ideas for the socials and then i remember becca just like in our group chat at the end of the summer was like hey like we have interns now we got internships approved through the school like we have photographers like videographers like a bro- like we pretty much just had like all these positions that were like new to us and i was like this is crazy that just brought us to like a whole new level of just like consistently being able to push out content. That was like the biggest thing going into an exec position was like, I want to make this something, present us in a way where the guys would be proud to talk about it. Cause like come freshman year, if you walked around campus and we're like, oh yeah, we have a hockey team. People would be like, what? We have a hockey team. In reality, we're completely off campus. Our rink's two hours away from campus. I remember like Monday, after the outdoor classic, like going to class. And like, if I had my app hockey hoodie on, just like someone coming up and be like, great win on Friday. That was crazy. Or like people that just like know about us or those like the Selly hockey hats, the amount of people that like would recognize someone on the hockey team from the Selly hat. People that would come up to me like, where'd you get that hat? When are those hats coming available again? It's crazy. It's really cool because like with how much I've learned through this position, like, cause I feel like I could run like a youth league at this point. Like it's crazy. <laughs> well, I had that on my list of things because you do wear many hats for App State Hockey. And speaking of hats, like talk about 
your relationship with Sally Hockey because we use them a lot too. We have a very good relationship as a club team to be able to generate some revenue. They're flying off the shelves every time you drop them. Like, what has that process been like? I'm gonna plug the sponsor on this one. Like, it all starts with OptumX. Like, that was the first thing I did under my vice presidency was get us a website through OptumX, and that was the first sale we did on our website was pretty much putting up the Sally Hockey hat. We actually got the idea from Syracuse. I saw the Syracuse ones, and I was like, those are sick. Like. We need some hats. Talk to Kevin. Kevin's been nothing but great. I literally didn't realize that was your brother until like our second order. I was like, wait, this is <laughs> this is Mackenzie's brother. Like, that's sick. Appeal back the curtain for the folks listening there. And I was talking with Optimex too, because they were pumped because it was like a perfect example of how the online store can work for teams. Yeah. And it's been nothing but so easy for us. Like we can literally just pop them up on the website and like it organizes all the shipping, like where we need to bring stuff and just it's so easy and everything just is all in one one spot. Like you are literally hurting yourself if you do not have a website with Optimax. Like I, I will preach that to the day I die. That has made our life so much easier. People listening to this are like, wow, they are just glazing Optimax right now. Free ads all over the place. As a, somebody who wears so many hats for App State Hockey, it makes it easier when the platform you guys are using for your website isn't giving you headaches. No, not at all. And it's it's great. And like, that's what's so funny is like, that's just another thing that kind of like falls under our position. But like for like, when we do like the Sally orders, when people order them, like I have pictures of just my room filled with like USPS boxes, shoving all these boxes into my Honda Civic and driving to the post office and being like, yeah, I have 120 packages. Where do you want me to put these? The relationship with Sally Hockey's great. They're great to us. Easy to work with. Really easy way for your school to A, put your brand out there and just like good revenue for the team. They've, they've done us great. So um, I'd recommend it towards any school looking to get their style up for sure. Yeah, style is a key thing there. You mentioned it too, the, the two hour drives to practice. I, I got to think that that's a similar situation to driving eight hours in a van to an away game. Like what are some crazy stories you guys have of those late nights in Winston-Salem? We get on the ice at Winston-Salem at 11 at night. So we're leaving Boone here at eight o'clock, which is actually funny. It's been this way since my freshman year, but the halfway point from Boone to the rink, there's a sheets and we stop at the sheets on the way to practice. And after practice, it has gotten to the point where like the sheets staff are like, oh yeah, we staff heavy on Wednesday nights because we know you guys are coming. But like, we're all carpooling. The car I've ridden with has been the car, like the people I've driven with since my freshman year. The car rides are so great. Like, I think that's like what makes our program so different is like, you literally have to be bought in to like want to be a part of this. Cause like at the end of the day, like we have a very separate group of guys who just truly love the sport of hockey that we're driving two hours to go practice at 11 o'clock. You get back to campus on like Thursday morning at like two, three in the morning, go to class the next day and just call it at that. I remember my freshman year though, it was when I met Wilcox, my roommate now. He's a senior, so he'll be leaving me next year, which is going to be pretty sad. I remember it was me and him on the car ride back from tryouts from Greensboro. Kind of had like bounced off each other, like still in that like awkward, like still trying to get to know each other. Like just asked him for a ride and he was like, yeah, for sure. We spent the entire two hour car ride on the way back from Greensboro talking like about deli meats and just like sandwich combinations. And then like we got back to Boone and we're just like, oh, like we just spent the entire car ride like and it was like a heated like it got heated at some points we're like sitting there yelling we're like there's no way you thought that was right and this like it was so silly now like that's like one of the guys we drive with every week and it's like it's so much fun it it, like helps build relationships for sure yeah nothing like getting into an argument over deli meats on a two-hour drive to (laughs) winston-salem for an 11 o'clock practice 
Oh yeah, gotta love it. Winston Salem only supplies ice for the Thunderbirds. Like that's like the main reason they put that ice down. So that ice isn't available until like late October, early November. So we're practicing at Greensboro for like the first like month and a half of the season. And like even there, I think we get on the ice at like midnight there. So like we're getting back from like I think like four in the morning on a Thursday. It's like one of the recruiting things. Like whenever people come and ask, like to see their face and they're like, you drive two hours for practice and it's at midnight. It's the funniest thing. It's honestly really not that bad. You get out there and you don't even realize what time it is, honestly. We're going to start wrapping it up here, but I got to ask, we've talked about this before on the podcast and you guys seem like outdoor hockey experts at this point. I mean, how much longer do you think it is until we get an outdoor game in Boone? Because that seems like the perfect setting for it. Oh my God, it would be unreal. I don't know if you guys saw it, but last year we put up the April Fool's joke that we were playing Coastal at Kid Brewer. The amount of teams that actually got, like not throwing anyone under the bus here, but we had High Point reach out and asked if they were able to get on the ice. The Citadel reach out. We had so many schools in our DMs like, yo, like, can we get a game on this ice? And like still people, like fans reaching out on the website, like where can I get tickets to the game on Kid Brewer? Where like, it clearly was very much an April Fool's joke. It was so funny. Honestly, I, I, I would, love for one day to see that happen especially now like it's snowing right now um the weather up here definitely calls for it we definitely probably have one of the prettiest sceneries in college sports i could definitely maybe see in like maybe like 10 years from now like that'd be cool to be an alumni to see like oh they actually got a game here at kid brewer it would make so much sense it, it would be so successful how far is boone from raleigh boone is about three hours from raleigh Oh, uh, see, so yeah, that's kind of a tough sell because I was thinking maybe the Hurricanes would do a game there and then kind of like Frozen Finley, you would get it. But I think I think they already have a deal. I think when they re-signed with PNC Arena, I think part of the deal was they'd get another outdoor game at, at Finley at some point here. But that would be cool, you know, get the ball rolling there and have them kind of start things off. Or, you know, maybe it's the Thunderbirds who, who do a game outdoors someday. Yeah, I would be... say, like, could you imagine a Fed game outdoor and just like having, having that crowd from Winston come up to Boone? That would just, that'd be rowdy, especially with just how like passionate App State fans are. And just, I remember texting you when we were doing the, the Jersey tournament. Our Twitter fans just were ripping it on Twitter. I love it. It's awesome. App State fans are great. And, They've been great to us, so they definitely deserve some some outdoor hockey action in Boone. So hopefully one day we'll be able to bring that to them. Well, Joe, thanks for uh, coming on in short notice, and uh, we appreciate talking shop with you. Wish uh, nothing but the best of luck in the second semester here for the Mountaineers. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for for the platform you give us and just the platform you give club hockey as a whole. You guys are pretty much like when this all turns to all conferences and all this you guys are going to be on like the mount rushmore of college hockey so we appreciate everything you guys do for us and the sport as a whole so thanks for having me on again all right boys let's recap at the time of recording we are sitting on the night before the jersey of the year final we have two great jerseys going head to head the number one seed fitzy's first overall pick unc's frozen finley white tarp going head to head with west virginia's almost heaven alternate jersey in the finals want to know at this point the 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 winner will have been revealed. Thank you so much for voting on social media and tuning in. We've seen the bracket play out. So I kind of wanted to go around the room, see like what were your guys' biggest surprises in, in the tournament here? Collins, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, you took a lot of heat for your picks. Um, you had a couple of wins in the first round, but I think, you know, the ref jerseys got sent home pretty early on. Like maybe you, are you learning? Maybe you're going to scout some better jerseys next year. Like what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, who knows? Who cares? Honestly, I was just having fun with my picks. So 
I'm not super concerned, but I am concerned about the fact that two of my jerseys faced each other in the second round with Kentucky and Arizona. I might be right, correct in assuming among other people on social media that maybe this this tournament is rigged. I think Murph and Fitz have been in cahoots over here trying to figure out, okay, how do we get our jerseys into the final? Yeah, remember before the game when I was asking for backup from Fitz? Why was I asking for Fitz for backup? Because I knew he was going to have my back. We've been in cahoots this whole time. No, there were some questions about the seeding. And what we did is, um, you know, we spread out all the picks evenly. I didn't want the same color jersey going up against each other. So that's where some stuff got moved around and and you got sewered. You actually got sewered twice because I think the refs went up against UNC right from the jump. And, uh, you know, they didn't stand a chance there. And then you did have two jerseys go head to head against each other. Fitz, you mentioned too, we, we like dropped the ball. There was a couple of times where I posted the final score graphics and it forgot to include some of them. So people were a little confused on where the Texas jersey went. It fell to UNLV. That was kind of the Cinderella. I don't know. It's tough to say UNLV and Cinderella story in the same word, but it was their Midnight Madness jersey and uh, they went on a heck of a run and they took down Texas. But Fitzy, any any big surprises for you? I was surprised the uh, the Georgia Tech with the first round exit. I saw when they were paired against the Bama jerseys that I, I entered. Uh, I was pretty nervous. So I was surprised at that one. And then the West Virginia jerseys, I'm a fan of them. You either love them or you completely hate them. So I'm really surprised that they've made it uh, all the way to the final. Yeah, that was an interesting one too. It was like I'm mean, one of the reasons I picked it because I, I loved it. I love the Purdue one more. So when the Purdue one went against the West Virginia one, I was kind of hoping like the train tracks were sick with the stitching, like the script. Like I love that one so i was sad to see that one go but then like the west virginia one wins and everyone on social media is like mad they're they're acting like we picked the winner and i'm like no like all of everyone voting on social media picked the winner and they're like it's rigged unc's in the final like every you all voted that's how we got here classic toxic hockey house pod comment section on instagram herm any takeaways for you from the tournament you had you actually had a heck of a run and then it all kind of just collapsed on you in that third round it crumbled really really hard i had three picks i had three auto bids in the elite eight i'm like sure maybe one's gonna make it through all three of them getting knocked out brutal it was kind of like oh this parlay can't lose right and then it like none of them hit you like didn't even come close so it was that was a tough bounce for you herm again really fun tournament i mentioned that we didn't have any um maybe inappropriate jerseys is that if that's what we want to call them after we drafted with the the cox winning last year in their black script jersey marquette had the cream city jerseys to start was surprised they didn't get a little more love in the opening round of the tournament but a a great final unc and west virginia going toe-to-toe and by the time you're listening this we'll know who the jersey of the year was for 2023 Let's get over to the games to watch. I honestly didn't think we had enough games this weekend, so I want to make sure we give a shout-out to Herm, who took the extra effort to find and scavenge the internet for the best of the best. Looks like we have a lot of ACHA games on tap this weekend. We'll start Friday night. Lindenwood is taking on Montana State at Centene. What a test for Montana State. They have the best record in ACHA M2. They will go up against the top team in ACHA M2. In St. Louis, this could be a game that we see down the road at Nationals at Centene on the same ice surface. So this will be an exciting one. We got Maryville taking on Illinois State at the Maryville University Hockey Center. This will be a big test for Illinois State. These games after the break are always really interesting because it's kind of like, all right, who had the better week in practice leading up to this? Who had maybe too many Christmas cookies, maybe a little too much junk food over the break? Who wasn't doing their winter workout? We will find out. Maryville, Illinois State will be a good matchup. Monday, we have Adrian College taking on 
Herm, you got to help me out with this. Is this a team from Quebec? Any do any any more info? Just to... you're on your own on pronunciation. <laughs> Who's the Frenchie here? Collins, who is Adrian College playing on Monday, January 8th? I'm not going to do the accent because my French accent sucks. Fun fact, French was my first language. I've since forgotten it. But Andre Lorendo uh, at Arrington. There we go. And, and Herm, any, I mean, QCHL, this has got to be a junior team they're playing? Canadian University. Oh, all right. The more you know. Saturday, January 6th, Weber State taking on Utah State. Highly anticipated West M2 showdown to kick off the year. Friday night, we have UCO hosting Iowa State. Probably the biggest test for Iowa State this season. They're going to have to show up. I hope they had a really good break because UCO is just motoring right along. And we talked about there's some teams hanging on for the rankings right now. Stony Brook is in that conversation. Iowa State is certainly in that conversation. We'll see how it goes this weekend in Oklahoma. Friday night, we have Pitt taking on Ohio. This one will be in Pittsburgh at the Alpha Ice Complex. This is one where Herm, like I was was scouting some games maybe for this week. This was one that I had my eyes on, so I'm glad it made it to the list. A very big rivalry, right? Like not in Ohio's eyes, but I feel like Pitt has had Ohio's numbers maybe more than Ohio would like over the last couple of years. And um, it's always a battle when these two teams face off at Bird. They'll face off in Pittsburgh this time around. Uh, and it should be a, a pretty good test for Pitt early on here against a tough Ohio team. I'm sorry, we're coming back to Montreal, but just a brief search of the school. It's not a university. It's a CEGEP uh, school. So for those who don't know, CEGEP, Quebec is weird in general. But so after high school, you do two years and then you go to college. So CEGEP is that that middle period. So interesting. They're going to be facing a lot of guys who are 19, 20. So like maybe halfway between a college team and a junior team. Nice little mix of some players there from Quebec. And Friday night, Indiana Tech will take on Niagara. A really good matchup in women's one action. Niagara is off to a good start in their first season in women's one. Indiana Tech, a team that we always see at nationals, should be a good battle at the Sport One Parkview Ice House. Also on Friday night, we have URI taking on Westchester. Battle of the bubble. Rams on Rams at Brad Boss Arena. In URI, I'm sure the Rams are happy to be on home ice at URI now that the Brad Boss is back and running. And then Friday night, we also have a a good one between Concordia, Wisconsin and Maryville. Two teams looking to move up the rankings in an ACHA M2 action. And we move to our game of the week, the talk of the club hockey world the last couple of days. Friday night, the Minot State Beavers, the top team in the ACHA, will make the trip to City National Arena to take on the UNLV Skaten Rebels. Minot returns to ACHA action. Can UNLV pull off the upset? Top five team against the number one team in the country. I mentioned before the show, in the earlier part of the show, like good chance that it's one of these teams in the national championship. At the end of the day, we will get a pretty good idea of who's the better team after this weekend. But the game of the week is Friday night. We'll throw it over to Collins. Collins, you think that Minot can continue their momentum from you know a successful trip to Colorado after just playing among teams that level and I mean you guys know this feeling too when you went to you know hockey camp in the summer as a kid and got to play with the bigger kids and you're like holy shit the the pace is just so much faster and you get better as a result I think that's kind of what we're we're gonna see is that once you're playing at that pace you know by force it will translate over and as a whole the team i think just going to be controlling the game and controlling the pace of play no slight at unlv i think it's going to be a very close game and it's honestly you know we say this often with like top six teams 
top seven, you know, it's really kind of 50 50 almost every single time these teams kind of play. It's because it's just so close. The gap between those teams and the rest is 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 pretty big. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm rolling with the beeves. Oh, we're down Fitz. Yeah, we lost Fitzy. He is also rolling with the beeves as well. Collins, I, did you take into consideration that Friday night the UNLV hockey team will be hosting Elaine Connors Elementary School for elementary school night? It's an 8 p.m. start, so these these kids might be jacked up on Sour Patch Kids and Mountain Dew. I don't know what that atmosphere is like, but maybe it's something Minot State hasn't seen before. I don't know. Maybe some kids just hopped up on Hawaiian Punch might might be the devil for them. We'll see. When I saw that it was a school game, I was like, oh, that's sick. Like they do in like an 1130 start time and then nope, 8 p.m. in Las Vegas. Where else would the elementary school kids be on a Friday night? Herm, I'll toss over to you next. Uh, can Minot build off of this momentum or you think that uh, UNLV might play spoiler? Was going Minot, the elementary school kids have flipped my vote. I'm going UNLV. Knowing UNLV, these kids are going to have the thunder sticks. They'll have the, the light up glow necklaces when the lights go out for the intros. They'll be jazzed up. You, we've seen it the last couple of years. Nevada is a hotspot for hockey right now. The city of Vegas loves hockey, whether it's the Henderson Silver Knights, whether it's the Golden Knights, whether it's, you know, the awards like Vegas loves hockey. And so I'm pumped up to see these kids. Family night will be on Saturday night for uh, those listening who are, who are heading to the game. I'm going to roll mine out with this one. I think I, I hope the media coverage over the last couple of days sparks them to, to play well. I think it would be a hiccup and maybe a. I don't know. Like, what would this all be for if they just lost this next game after you know playing those NCAA teams? We saw UNLV play Denver last year as well, so they know what that's like. You know, coming back down to earth from the ACHA side of things. So, should be a very interesting one from City National Arena this weekend. Let's close it out. I, I have some some 611 thoughts that I was thinking about when I, when I would talk about this beforehand. But I was proposing an idea, and I should have brought this up earlier. We were talking about it. I would love to see an some sort of holiday, maybe end of season tournament. Collins, I think you kind of mentioned this a little bit too. Minot State is an NCAA Division II school along with you, Mary. And so I would love to see them compete against some of the NCAA Division II schools. If you're not familiar, that would be Assumption College, St. Mike's, Franklin Pierce, Southern New Hampshire, St. Anselm, and Post. Maybe we can get those teams to play some of the ACHA M1 teams that are NCAA D2. I looked it up. We got Minot State, U Mary, Maryville, McKendry, Davenport, and uh, Drury coming soon. So, curious what your thoughts on this. This is some sort of like maybe like kind of like the FA Cup type deal where we get um, you know some crossover and, and see who the real D two champion is. I don't know, but but you got to get the king of the NE ten involved, Alec Flynn. I mean, according to him, all you have to do to play in the NE ten is be Irish and have a pulse. Yeah, I think this could be this could be really cool. Watch out, St. A's. The winner of the tournament could maybe play the best NCAA Division one team. Um, you know, your St. Clouds, your Mankatos, your Northern Michigans, your Michigan Techs. The the best team from there would play them. So that was my my Elliot Friedman moment where I was thinking like this could be a really cool idea that I would love to see happen. So let's close it out though with the question of the week. I want to know popular trend on the internet this year for New Year's resolutions. What's in and what's out for 2024? Fitz, if you can hear me here, I would love to know what is in and what is out for 2024. Read you loud and clear, Murph. Posting more consistently on social media is in. Watching or listening to the news is out. I I have fun, you know, like just putting together mainly TikToks. Um, you know, I don't really care. Like 
if anyone watches them or anything, it's just fun to make them. So I want to get back on doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, just anytime you turn on the news or you turn on the radio, whatever it is, it's always just something bad, whether it's politics or just the general stuff that's going on in the, the area. It's just, I don't know, it's always negative. So no more of that stuff, all, all positivity in the, in the new year. I like that. Posting more is a good one, especially on TikTok. Like during quarantine, I feel like I got into the habit of like, I'm only going to post something that I think might go viral. And then like some of the most fun TikToks I've made were like, I just made it for fun and it did really well. Getting into that routine of like posting for the fun of it, it is is good and, and healthy. Herm, I'm curious what what your ins and outs are for 2024. In for 2024, periodically stretching while working. Very good one. Very good one. Out for 2024, miscommunications. There we go. There we go. Collins, I'll throw you. You got a, you got a couple funny ones here. What do you, What's in, what's out for 2024? On a serious note, playing hockey because you enjoy it is in. I know far too many people that either play with me or, you know, people I, I, I know otherwise that feel like they're playing because they have an obligation to play. You don't have an obligation to play at the, the ACHA level. Like you can quit if you want to, but stick around because you enjoy it, not because you feel like it's something you have to do to keep yourself busy or something you have to do to make friends or something you have to do to make your parents proud. Play for the love of the game. Don't play for your record you know, your record's important, but have fun. That's, that's what we're here to do. That's what college is for. We're not, you know, we're not going to the show after this. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's my serious one. Second thing that's in dad jokes, as I cracked a dad joke earlier on the podcast, I got another one, two goldfish are sitting in a tank together. One looks at the other and says, you know how to drive this thing? Yeah. Lukewarm response from the crowd. I like that um, one. I, I had to unmute. I had to unmute. I was on mute. I, I laughed, but I, I get, you got a good chuckle out of me. Dad jokes are in. I'm sick of them being considered corny and stupid. They're the best kind of jokes. What's out is caring what everybody else thinks is out. Do you be yourself. Be unapologetically yourself. Who cares what other people think? Love it. Love it. I'll, I'll go mine last. I have bedtime routine is in. Looking to maybe upgrade the face washing routine, you know, making sure we're wearing the retainer a little bit more in 2024, trying not to be on my phone before bed, make sure I'm getting ready for bed, you know, getting more sleep. I feel like the key to getting more sleep is getting into a good routine before bed. So that's that's in for me in 2024 and then out will be aimlessly scrolling on TikTok. That's we got to stop that. I've caught myself a, a couple of times honestly in the last 48 hours being like what am I doing? Like I have a million other things I can be doing right now scrolling on TikTok and watching scenes from movies I've never watched before. That's got to go. You say consistent bedtime routine as we're recording at 11:45 p.m. on a Tuesday. We're getting into it. Getting into it. We had a heck of a men's league game tonight though. Uh, again, that's why we're recording late. I thank you guys for staying up with me and, and getting this one done. Heck of a performance from the Merlino Steakhouse team. Big 6-3 win over our rivals, Sherman Farm. Battle of the Steaks tonight. We had we had the, the cows versus the steaks. So we got the job done. Looking forward to making more memories with all of you listening in 2024. We got some exciting things planned. One thing I do want to mention, we did hit 50,000 followers on Instagram. So thank you very much for all 50,000 of you. If you are listening to this, we will be doing an Instagram giveaway this week. Stay tuned. We have some Hockey House podcast flags that we are going to make available to you guys. We're hoping to have these on sale in the near future, but we do have a couple of prototypes that we are going to give away. So we'll do an Instagram 
post. Maybe we'll do a Twitter one too. Make sure you're following the Hockey House Pod. You have some post notifications on because I have one behind me. The boys can see it, but Hockey House Pod flags are premium right now. There's not many of them in the world. So we would love to say thank you for all of the followers and give some away. So stay tuned for that. As always, keep up to date with everything in the ACHA and AAU College Hockey by following us on social media at Hockey House Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Can't thank you guys enough for tuning in every week, and we're looking forward to covering more college hockey in 2024. We'll see you next week. Hockey House Pod flags are in. See you, boys.